Hello again, all my gorgeous listeners, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Glow West podcast. And we're here to chat all about sex, sexuality, and the body. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline West, and as always, I'm delighted to be a part of the Tortoise Shack Network, where you can find all sorts of podcasts on politics, culture, society, and me talking all about sex. If you like what we do, please do consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack, or you can pop over to Apple and rate and review and all of those helps keeps the word going. You can also drop me a DM on Twitter or Instagram at Glow West Podcast. So we're delighted today to be talking about a subject that maybe some people don't quite know enough about, but hopefully um, in April, um, thanks to my guest today, we might know a little bit more about it. So my guest today is Yasmin Benoit. She is a British model, an aromantic asexuality activist, writer, speaker and researcher. After coming out publicly as aromantic and asexual in 2018, she quickly became a leading face and advocate for those communities. She founded the hashtag This Is What Asexual Looks Like movement for asexual visibility and she also co-founded the International Asexuality Day on April 6th. Yasmin is also on the Asexual Visibility and Education Network, which is known as AVEN, Board of Directors. She's also the first openly asexual person to appear on a British magazine cover and to open an asexual pop-up bar in 2019 during Pride in London. Her goal is to bring asexuality into mainstream consciousness, dispel misconceptions about the orientation and empower the asexual community. And if that wasn't enough, she also graduated from UCL with, an, with a master's in crime science in 2019. Yasmin, welcome along. You have a lot of strings to your bow. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks for having me. You are busy. You have done a lot of work in this area. So I'm, I hope um, you get a bit of a break sometimes with April at the moment. Fairly busy for you, so yeah. <laughs> um, how I suppose if we were going to start with it, I suppose let's look at definitions first, so everyone knows what we're actually talking about. So, how would you define asexuality? Uh, well, the general definition, which is also the one that I use and apply to myself, is experiencing little to low levels of sexual attraction, and similarly for being aromantic, that is experiencing little to low levels of romantic attraction. That's pretty straightforward. It seems. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any figures about how many people would identify this way? Is it? I think it's probably one of those things that's probably more common than we think, just because people maybe haven't come forward about it. Yeah, I definitely think that for both of them, they are more common than people think. I don't think there's many statistics on being aromantic, but I don't think that's actually that uncommon. Um, I think there are just a lot of aromantic people that just kind of go through the flow and act like they're not just because that's kind of what's expected. Um, and I think for asexuality, the statistics, we haven't got anything remarkably up to date. But they usually estimate it at being about like 1% of the population. But I think it's probably higher than that because in their samples, you need to have a certain amount of people that are aware of what asexuality is in order to identify as it. So I think it's probably higher, um, especially when you consider like the diversity of the spectrum. I think a lot of people are kind of on it to some degree. Uh, so yeah, but even 1% of the population, that's it sounds very small, but that's actually still like 
millions of people so Absolutely. it's not that small yeah and and that's only the people that have kind of named that to themselves so it's probably yeah a lot higher so i can imagine that there's a lot of people who've gone through life just really frustrated or feeling that just sex just isn't for them or maybe there's something wrong with them but they might have heard the terms asexuality or aromantic and maybe not considered that that may be applicable to them in that case yeah and then there are some people that just don't like using terms or don't like any kind of sexuality related label i don't think it's like relevant enough to put a label on it that comes with a bunch of kind of connotations so i mean so you can some people can kind of navigate life without ever having to bring it up i've managed to do it for quite a long time <laughs> despite how things are now so i there were probably also people that are just like i don't want to put a label on it which is fine too absolutely yeah yeah absolutely and i think that's important because we we name a lot of things the lgbtqi plus alphabet but again you don't have to identify as any particular label and sometimes labels are shifting as well they don't maybe necessarily stay the exact same throughout life so would would you count asexuality under the lgbt umbrella or would you see it in a, a spectrum in itself um i think it does fall underneath it but then if you don't really want to kind of identify if you're asexual and you don't really feel like you fit into that group that's cool but i think generally it is kind of seen as being under that umbrella because you're not experiencing sexual attraction towards the same sex really and it's it's kind of seen as being like a non-heteronormative identity so i've done a lot of work within like the lgbtq plus community i've also done a lot of work outside of it but i've, I've kind of done both excellent do you see do you notice any main differences like do you think the level of awareness is different between maybe the the hetero community or the queer community um i think it's actually kind of equal I mean, some for a while, I kind of felt like outside of the community paid a bit more attention to it. Like most of the stuff I got was kind of outside of the community. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of equal. I think the levels of understanding are, are pretty on par. And if I kind of get like interviews and stuff, the amount of insight I get talking to somebody within the community and, and outside of it, sometimes it's kind of the same. Sometimes people within the community have no idea. So it kind of, it, it, it's kind of just dependent on the, on, on the person really. I've heard that before when we, we've done podcasts here on intersex experiences and it's that same stack comes up around like maybe 1% of, of the population, but again, not a lot of knowledge around it. it it's kind of, just something that people just don't seem to want to educate themselves on or even know that it exists in the world out there so i know you do a lot of work around the education part of things and what kind of drove you to to want to take up the activist life because it's a hard one sometimes um i just kind of felt like i was i don't know i mean i was one of those people that was kind of like sitting around waiting for somebody to kind of do the thing and i was like well I just kind of sit around waiting forever for somebody to do the stuff that I could just do myself. So I was like, screw it. Why don't I just do it? I mean, why not me? <laughs> so I was, yeah. I was like, let's see what happens. And, and it worked out. So, yeah, I was thinking like, you know, as the saying goes, I think it's a Gandhi quote, like could be the change you want to see. And I wanted and 
no matter what anybody else did, I'd always be like, oh, I don't really feel like that really represents me. I don't really relate. Who can I relate better to than myself? So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't think off the top of my head any famous celebrity asexual people who've come out like that people could look up to as an icon. Am I missing anyone in that? Not really. <laughs> um, I think there was there's a guy I I can't remember his name. I want to say Tim Gunn, but I I might be getting that wrong. But someone I think was on like an American Jolly Project Runway or something like that. The kind of gray haired guy with glasses, I think. Probably. Yeah. I think so. I think he said that he was asexual at some point in an interview at some point years ago. No one really paid much attention. Um, Hasn't really been confirmed or denied since. Um, Yeah, you get like little things like that every now and then, um, but nothing particularly notable, really. Okay. okay. And do you find that people will either mix up asexual and aromantic, or is it common that they are? both or do you see them being very distinct and you just happen to identify as both um i used to think they were pretty much the same thing just because in my experience i feel like it's kind of the same thing because i obviously i'm just seeing everything from my perspective but then when i kind of met other asexual people and i realized a lot of them actually aren't aromantic as well a lot of them still experience romantic attraction and they still are about that life um, so, and then there are also aromatic people that aren't even remotely asexual. So it's definitely separate. Um, and that kind of influences the experience, com- experiences completely. Like if I'm a- asexual, but I'm still like, if I'm like romantically attracted to women, my experiences and the way I'm perceived are going to be pretty different. Or if I was just aromantic, but I was still having sex with men or women or whatever, like the perceptions would be quite different then as well. Um, so yeah, they are separate, but there's definitely an overlap in some areas, but it's not like mutually exclusive. Okay, okay. And then where where does demisexuality fit into that then? Is there a little bit of overlap there as well? Because there's some similarities, but obviously not. Yeah, well, demisexuality technically falls under the ace umbrella, but then that's still like a a part of the spectrum that's kind of like a a unique experience like for example i can't really relate because i'm not demisexual so it's it it falls under it but it's not like like that's not my experience personally and at the same time the relationship between demisexuality and being aromantic it would be kind of the same you might be you might not be it it just kind of depends on like a individual case but they don't necessarily come as a as a package okay it's, that's the joy of sex, I suppose, that it, 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 and sexuality. It, it is such a spectrum and there's a lot to discover. And maybe what we thought of before, you know, and we kind of think, oh, I don't really identify with that. We might identify with something else because there's more knowledge and people like yourself standing up and saying, hey, this is what asexuality is, might resonate with a lot more people who went, oh, like little light bulb moment when you're speaking on, oh, that actually applies to me. And I didn't think of that before. So... Yeah, I, I suppose it's progress for a lot for a lot of us. Um, do you think how then do you approach or the general asexual person approaches relationships then? Because a lot of relationships are about sex. You know, there's a lot of lust and and everything else kind of all wrapped up. So how how does that work as an asexual person? I mean, I can't see from my own experience because I don't have romantic relationships, but. Um, I mean, 
it, 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 I'm sure it obviously it will play a role in like your your dating experience, but not everyone who isn't asexual needs to have sex every ten minutes. So it's not um, necessarily a deal breaker. I know asexual people who are dating people that aren't asexual, and they just don't really have huge sex drives, so it doesn't really make much of a difference. Um, or maybe the asexual person doesn't mind having sex. It's not at the top of their to do list, but it's not like a it's not like an issue. Um, it's more so like that a kind of I'll do it, but meh. Yeah, and some asexual people, you know, they actually, they, they're fine with having sex and they can get enjoyment out of it, but, you know, some people don't need to experience sexual attraction to actually have sex or enjoy sex. Um, and then I, I know asexual people who are dating other asexual people, so it, it there are kind of lots of different ways that it can work. Yeah, and that's it, good to have options. <laughs> so... so. And, and then how does that apply then to maybe say non-sexual touch so like holding hands um even like things like kissing maybe well kissing is a bit sexual for some people but is that a kind of the same thing of oh i you know not really too bothered or they don't want to do it at all or i suppose i mean everything i know a lot of asexual people who still like cuddling or kissing or holding hands um assuming that they're actually interested in like that kind of like romantic oriented uh, stuff. Personally, I don't like people putting their mouth on my mouth. <laughs> Unless I'm like dying, we don't need to do that. Um, I don't like holding hands people either, I find it sweaty. And I don't like cuddling people, because again, it's kind of like body temperature makes me hot. Um, but so that's just me. <laughs> I know people like who do enjoy uh, that kind of thing. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it's nice to know that there's just yeah again so many different kind of options I suppose <laughs> around it as well um how do you think then you know maybe there might be a little bit of stigma attached and just some people just saying oh this is just a made-up thing those people who are opposed to expanding the, the LGBT umbrella like how do we work to get rid of that kind of stigma around and I suppose uh, general ignorance about what's actually out there um, I mean, when it comes to people, it kind of depends on where that feeling's coming from, really. If it's, I don't know, if it's just somebody who just is kind of wary that someone's, like, going to invade their space or kind of, like, take things over, then I think it's helpful to just kind of be educational about it until I can kind of see that, like, that's actually not what's going on. If it's kind of like the people that like to comment on myself and just say, you don't need a word. It's like, you don't need to make up a word. It's like the whole like of human language is, is making up words up. for yeah. stuff. That's, so I mean, this isn't, this isn't actually like a new concept of having a word for a thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so for those kind of people, I'm just like, okay, you're one of those people that gets scared when new things happen and I can't help with that. Um, but I think education is, is just like a helpful way if the person's actually willing to be educated. If they're not, and it's just like a personal grudge that I'm like, whatever, stay mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, and when you're doing education, I suppose the, the modern way as well, like you're, so you founded the hashtag, this is what asexual looks like. So talk to me about why you set that up and what the, what that looked like when it was up and running. Yeah, um, well, it was pretty much just like a kind of reaction to people saying like, oh, you don't look asexual, you don't seem asexual. I'm like, what does asexual look like to you? Like, 
I am what asexual looks like. This person is what asexual looks like. And it was kind of a way to kind of show the diversity of the community and also to give the agency back to the community so we could represent ourselves instead of having to rely on like the media to show what we actually look like. Um, and it's and it's cool in a way that you can like just type it in and scroll through and see what asexual people actually look like as opposed to just seeing like emojis or avatars or all the little things that people use on the internet instead of putting their faces on there. Especially since it's not uncommon for asexual people to not really meet other asexual people in real life. It's just like statistically sometimes unlikely depending on where you are. And in that case, I think there's something kind of unhealthy about never actually meeting or seeing someone else who's part of your community. So I think it just kind of helps you relate to people or kind of get to know your community when you can actually see who's there and like what their interests are and what they look like and where they're from and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's really powerful to have that space. Yeah, I mean, and I was kind of aware, like, I was kind of lucky in the sense that I had met other asexual people. I had seen them. But even for me, I was like, I don't feel like I've seen enough to kind of gauge what we're going for here. But the hashtag really helped to kind of, like, see things. And I have a series that I write for Queer Fashion where I interview asexual people uh, about, like, their journeys and their self-expression and everything and kind of not just like kind of dispel the misconceptions that we all kind of look like however people expect us to look but also that um oh, i just lost my trade of fort for a second That's okay. <laughs> yeah not just to um dispel misconceptions that's one way to look but also to kind of like amplify asexual voices in different ways and I think that's really nice then to have that diversity out there again and you know because some campaigns are not very diverse shall we say and obviously that's not inclusive of absolutely everyone so that's lovely to see and you've taken it a step further so you co-founded um international asexuality day which is april 6th so talk us through that process and and what the significance of that is uh yeah i mean so it kind of kind of started the discussion last year uh kind of around summer really i think um and it was just kind of like people like kind of made up little days or you'd have like a small group that would be like we're going to elect this is a day and people like you want to elect this is a day and nothing was really like kind of like working together people weren't really on the same page things didn't have a specific purpose some things like weren't very inclusive for people in this country where that's an occasion or this is things happening there and that's just an impractical time and so it kind of made sense to kind of just get everybody together like people from organizations from different countries as like representatives and to kind of say okay let's pick a day that works for everybody let's pick a purpose let's make it like legit let's have a website let's have like all that kind of stuff and then let's actually launch it and make it a thing and so that's what we were going for and then it's very hard to find a day that doesn't have baggage it's like every day has in, in human <laughs> history has something you'll be like ah oh, this day seems perfect it'll be like ah oh, there was a massacre on that day and you're like damn it okay (laughs) it's like that's perfect but in like this little country over here something happened there and you're like okay that was great for every other country but that one and then it's not international anymore so we gotta scrap that one and it took that was kind of part of the thing that took forever was just finding a day that worked for everybody and didn't have baggage over the last like 200 years so (laughs) or it was like a food day there's like an international pizza day at the moment i mean that's not a bad one to coincide with yeah it's like you don't want to clash with like pancake day or something (laughs) so (laughs) you can probably make some sort of 
visual pancake or I don't know. You can <laughs> leave that one on its own. That's fine. Um, so what kind of responses have you gotten so far around it? Like, I, I think that's a lovely a, a community feeling around it. Yeah, it's been surprisingly positive. I'm always anticipating drama. So I was always like, ah, it's going to happen when we announce it. But for once, everyone was actually very chill about it. <laughs> and like organizations and stuff that I've worked with have like got behind it. And I know I saw a lot of calendars now. So hopefully you'll hear about it a lot more when the day starts to approach. Um, so yeah, it's been a very positive reception. And I'm optimistic that we can definitely solidify this as like a legit occasion for the books oh, yeah it sounds fantastic do you have lots of events planned for it as well or you're, I know um, you're doing a lot of outreach and you're being on my podcast so that's lovely <laughs> i mean i have i i'm one of those people like i plan like a month ahead so i'm just like existing in february right now i have like some like media stuff that i've kind of like that are like in the talks for around that time but in terms of like physical things it's like I don't know what where we're gonna be at <laughs> in April. Who knows? We might be yeah. free to to mingle. We might not be. Everything might be online. Yeah. Or so I was like, I'm not sure what what's actually, and especially as it is international, every different country and stuff can kind of do their own thing. It could be a little thing. It could be a big thing. So it kind of depends. But um, yeah, for this month, I'm kind of like get in the ball rolling and I guess we'll see what happens by yeah. April <laughs> yeah exactly who knows with vaccination stuff and everything we'll see where <laughs> we're going but um yeah but you're also on the board of Aven is it Aven yeah um so which is asexual visibility and education network so talk me through the kind of work that you do with that because that sounds like an, an amazing educational organization yeah, that was, I had kind of started kind of doing work alongside them before being on the board. So it just kind of made sense to kind of join forces because we we're both like trying to achieve the same thing anyway. Um, so I think I joined that board in like 2019 after kind of like late 2019 after kind of working with them earlier during like Pride and stuff um, because some of the people are kind of based in like kind of nearby so um yeah so the kind of work i do aside from like long board meetings it's like we do um like ace history days or kind of um i get media requests for them kind of like speaking requests or like businesses or educational institutions or planning like kind of events with them or things within the community or just kind of like managing stuff going on in the community with like websites and forums and little internal debates and all the kind of stuff that goes on that people don't really think <laughs> needs much managing but it does um so yeah it's kind of like a lot of different stuff um yeah <laughs> yeah no you're busy busy bee for sure and you mentioned as well pride um and it, that, that was in your bio so you set up an asexual pop-up bar during pride in london talk to me about that because i think 2019 pride was an unusual well maybe an, not unusual but really that was our last one <laughs> yeah that was like the last one really it's like forever ago now but i know there's a lot of like anti-trans people there who were really kind of protesting the inclusion of trans people um and and just 
been not very nice people, shall we politically correctly say? <laughs> so I don't, did you get any pushback from them about anything or? Um, I mean, I didn't physically see anybody. I was in the parade, but it's so long that like, I had no idea what was going on, like one floor behind me, <laughs> let alone what was going on, like way at the front or anything. So I was kind of like willfully oblivious on the day to what was going on. There was definitely some like debate when it was announced that asexuality was going to be included in the fly the flag campaign that Budweiser were doing that year as they were sponsoring Pride and then I was kind of working with them on their campaign and then they sponsored the bar and that's how that came to be and then it kind of just brought up like the whole debate of like why are you there um but hey I was like whatever it's press I don't care um and then yeah and then we kind of did the bar and even I feel like the most stressful thing about the bar was just kind of like people grouping it in with like this is like rainbow capitalism and I'm like well we're not gonna get anything without it so <laughs> like I can't book out a, a, a club in London yeah. <laughs> with my own funds and that's very expensive exactly. and like community <laughs> advocacy as well it wasn't just Budweiser going oh hey, we're so great it's like they had the community aspect to it so yeah i mean we had donations to lots of smaller charities specifically focusing on small charities and kind of doing stuff specifically for individual communities um and i thought that i mean they could have easily have just done like a like a club night at at gay and called it a day <laughs> but they were like okay like no let's like I walked into a room and they had like a full blown like slideshow set up of like all this A stuff and they were like, this is all we want to do. And I was like, okay, you've, you're done your research on this one. <laughs> and, yeah. and yeah, they definitely helped to like really pull it off. And it were, I, a lot of the people that came, it sold out really quickly were like, this is the first time I've like met other asexual people or I've like seen an asexual space at Pride. And it was like right in the heart of Soho. So it was like a really cool spot. Um, great for after parties as well. Um, so yeah, it was just like a really cool occasion and I thought it was, I was very happy to be involved and be able to do that. Yeah, no, it sounds great. So I know like you're a little bit further ahead maybe in, you know, you've, you've been out for a while and you're an advocate and all those kind of things, but what advice would you have for someone who's maybe at maybe a little bit more the start of their, um, journey and they're trying to figure out oh maybe this applies to me but i'm not really sure or they're just kind of questioning at the moment things like that i just say like just look into it hear different experiences see if you relate at all see if you find words that you think might be helpful for just like navigating your own journey and then just live your life and don't get hung up on like the semantics i think it's very easy to kind of fall down like some weird internet rabbit hole of like micro label upon micro label upon micro label and upon like oh I don't kind of 100% fit this one definition where do I stand in my life and it's like don't just find a word that you think is going to help you explain it to people or explain it to yourself and like navigate your life and then just live the life and and don't like feel like this is like the most important thing ever because it's like one little aspect of your personality it's not even an aspect of your personality it's just like one aspect of your human experience absolutely yeah yeah but i think some people might have anxiety maybe if, if they're thinking okay this is how i identify but then our whole society is often set up around relationships and marriage and 2.4 kids or whatever or whatever at the moment under covid times whatever that, that looks like but so do you, how do you think that they can work through that anxiety over oh god i have to deal with societal pressure now or stigma that i'm not 
maybe interested in relationships or whatever it happens to be? Um, I don't know. It, it's always hard to say because from my perspective, I'm one of those people that just kind of doesn't really care um, about conforming. But if you are like a conformist type, I'm always like, you know, there are lots of different ways you could feel fulfilled in life. And if you pay close attention to a lot of people that are actually in relationships or having sex, those aren't the, the components to emotional or like fulfillment in your life. There are a lot of people who are, who are kind of caught in this, like, I cannot be alone, I cannot be single kind of thing. And it kind of seems pretty unhealthy to me. There are lots of relationships that don't necessarily seem like they should be essential. And having sex definitely is not a component to just having like a, a healthy, like proper life. So just kind of like look at people that are just living in different ways and kind of just kind of consume things that aren't entirely related to that. And what if you're a piece of something then everything else will just kind of fall into place. So just make sure that like you're at a place where you're not placing a huge amount of emphasis on it. And then it doesn't really matter what other people think. I mean, yeah, that sounds like really <laughs> solid advice. Like, I love how just how chill you are about it. You're whatever it's fine kind of thing like were you always like that or did you kind of have to do work to get to that point or it seems like that's just who you are but oh <laughs> uh, yeah I kind of always was kind of like that I, I feel like I've had like the same kind of approach to life since I was like a child I was always like yeah whatever it's not that deep um it was more other people that were always like oh this is a thing like let's place a lot of emphasis on the thing but I was always like is it that much of a thing? I mean, out of all the things in my life, the the one thing I'm not doing or not thinking about isn't something that I personally place so much like importance on. Like, I don't think every day about how much I don't eat peas. I just don't eat them. So it's, I know I kind of see it like that. So I know I guess I kind of have like kind of relaxed approach to it. But I don't think it's something that people need to be hung up on I think we're just kind of taught that this has to be like a kind of be all and end all like your sexuality it's in one of your like top four check off boxes of like important things but I know for me I'm just like this is a sexual orientation about what I'm not thinking about or what I'm not doing so I feel like I'd rather focus on what I am doing <laughs> for me anyway <laughs> I think the peas is such a great analogy I never thought about it like that you go your day going how many peas am I not eating today or, are they mint peas or mushy peas or whatever yeah that's actually a really good analogy so that's fab um so just to, I, I suppose kind of wrapping up a little bit where can people go to find resources if they want some information I know you're part of, of the asexual Visibility and Education Network. So where where are they based? Um, I mean, they're kind of everywhere. We have people in this country. We have people in America. We have people in quite a few different places. But you can find that at asexuality.org. Um, there's other orgs like um, Asexual Outreach or if you want to, like, I don't know, find, like, other asexual people's experiences. There are loads of us on Twitter and and Tumblr and YouTube. Again, it's a bit of a rabbit hole, so I spend too much time there, but you know, pop in, check it out. Um, you can find me um, at the Yasmin Bamois on uh, Twitter and Instagram. They're both verified, so those ones are both definitely me. Sometimes some pop up that aren't me, but those ones are me. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, those are the main platforms that I use yasminbamois.co.uk if you want to like book me for something, best to go through emails. 
<laughs> don't DM me, usually. Um, yeah. Okay, and would they include resources for people as well who would be aromantic as well, not just asexual? Um, yeah, I mean, you could definitely find information on like asexual stuff. You also have specifically aromantic, then there's one, um, I, the initials for it is A-U-R-E-A, um, which stands for aromantic something. I can't remember the full thing online stand for. But yeah, that one, if you type that in, you can find some like resources over there. Okay, yeah, well, look, once there's a resource out there, I'll, I'll put that in the show notes if anyone's listening and they want to get in touch that way. So um, that's fab. So I think just going forward, just I know it's, it's going to be visibility day. Is there anything that you'd like just I know you've, prob- you've already covered it anyway, but like that you'd like everyone to know about asexuality and being aromantic just as a as a takeaway piece? Um. I would want people to know that you can live a perfectly happy, fulfilling life while still being asexual and aromantic. It's not the entirety of your being. It's not the biggest deal in the world. And and yeah, we're just we're just normal people. It's just like one of the many different experiences of attraction and sexual attraction, sexuality and relationships. And yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> I mean yeah you're just I love just how chill you are because that's (laughs) what it should be and if we were all free to kind of live the way we wanted to live that sounds like that's the right attitude for that so perfect um Yasmin thanks Mill for talking to me good luck with the future work as I can sense that you're going to be a busy bee and with with all your your million things are you going to do anything with the crime science master uh, <laughs> we'll see about that. I mean, I'm, I do some research with a board in a California State University, even though I've never been there, um, on an asexualities research board. So I'm helping with some research that they're doing. So I guess that kind of relates to my degree, but also the activism. So I can kind of use that research knowledge. But specifically about the degree, I don't know, but it's a fun thing to name drop. Absolutely. Yeah, why not? You earned it. So, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, thanks, Mill, And I'd urge um, all the listeners then to go and check out the hashtag. So it's hashtag International Asexuality Day. Like uh, Yasmin said, there's going to be a whole bunch of different uh, educational things, but also just really fun things and community things. And even if you're not part of the community, it's always good to learn and figure out maybe because someone else around you may be asexual and you can support them as well in your life. So, um, thanks, Mill, for listening. You can drop me a DM on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Lois Podcast. As I said at the top of the show, if you want to support us, it's patreon.com forward slash tortoiseshack. And thanks, Mill, for all your support. And I'll see you next time. <laughs>